Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Well, hey, we're in a series. Uh, I want to welcome those who are joining us online. Man, again, thank you. We have a great online church, and I love you for that, and I appreciate you so much. Hey, if you're online, grab your word If you're in the house, grab your word. We're in a series called Things Jesus Never Said. I'm gonna tell you, Jesus is one of the most misquoted person in the world, man. I hear stuff all the time, almost on a weekly basis from people at different tables or restaurants and places I go, and I'm like, that is not in the Bible, But we just hear it all the time. And and so what I wanna do in this series is unpack some things that Jesus never said because if we don't correct some misinterpretations of what Jesus said, we might start living out of false lies and not the truth. You gotta live out of the truth. Jesus said these things, but there's some things that Jesus never said. I wanna look at those. Today, things that Jesus never said we're gonna look at, you will never have a bad day. Y'all got to understand, Jesus never said you're not going to have a bad day. And you're like, I'm having a whole bunch of them, though, all right? But he never said that. He never promised. We're going to look at a text in just a little bit where he basically just says to his disciples, here's the deal. It's going to be rough, all right? I've heard people say these phrases, these things. I tried the Jesus thing, and it didn't work. I tried the church thing, pastor. That didn't work. I tried this tithing thing, and that didn't work either. I want to stop you for a second. If you have said any of the above three or all of them together, that absolutely reveals your heart by the statements you just made. Because the people that say, well, I tried this Jesus thing, it didn't work. I tried this church thing, it didn't work. I tried this tithing thing, it didn't work, preacher. Let me tell you where your hands were positioned when you said those things, right there. And my friend, Jesus is not a treadmill, you try. Tithing's not a treadmill, you try. And church isn't a treadmill, you try. You pedal for a little bit, but it doesn't produce the things you want it to produce. You get off and and fold sweaters and stack them on your treadmill. Nah. Listen to me. Jesus, the church, and tithing don't have hands like this. They have hands like this. I've tried Jesus. Oh, yeah. He comes through. He's all he said he would. I've tried the church, and it is what it needs to be. If you can't find that church or haven't found that church, I'm gonna introduce you to this church because it's real and it's real and it's real. And Jesus is real and you gotta find a real church. And I'm gonna tell you, Jesus is, is the real deal. And you don't have to try Jesus, you just have to lean into Jesus and he'll show himself to be faithful and true of who he says he is. Listen to me, man. 
Don't try Jesus, don't try the church, and don't try tithing and go, well, I didn't get what I wanted. I, I rubbed my little genie on the bottle. He popped up. He didn't give me everything. Jesus needs to take that bottle and pock you over the head with it is what he needs to do because that's a messed up, muffed up thinking, all right? You won't see phrases like, you won't hear things like this in the Bible. You may have heard them, but these are not in the Bible. Whoever does the will of my Father will always get the best parking spot. If you lose your life for my sake, you will always look great in your swimsuit. But seek you first the kingdom of God, and you will never get a zit before the prom. Probably going to get one at the prom, all right? For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. You will always win. None of that is in the Bible. None of it. If they tell you it's in there that way, that's a lie. Jesus didn't say it that way. Jesus never promised you would be healthy, wealthy, thin, keep, keeping all your hair, never get turned down for a job, never get turned down for a date, wake up with no zit. He never said any of that stuff. He never said you'd hit a rough spot in your marriage. He never said everything would go your way. Never said any of that. Jesus never said None of those things. He never said you would never have a bad day. I want to look at John chapter 16. If you'll go there with me. Let's look at what Jesus did say. These are the last words that he spoke to his disciples. Now listen to me. He's about he has been with his disciples. He has, he has walked this road with them. He has, he has shown them everything. He's done miracles. He's told them the whole time, don't get, don't get too used to me being here. I'm only here for a short season. He's tried to help them with it the whole time. But now he's coming to the end, and he's about to leave and go to the Father, and he's telling his disciples, the followers of him, he's telling his disciples, listen to me, I'm not gonna be here much longer, and I'm going but I'm leaving you. I'm leaving you here. Just what he said to the church. I'm gone, but I'm going to leave my church on this dirt ball in your earth suits. And you're going to pass through this world. You're going to pass through this earth. All right? You're going to live out here. All right? This is not your home. Not your home. You're passing through. Don't hug the world. Hug me. You hug the world, you'll stop hugging me. Listen to me. The world, they create a world that's easy and soft and warm and fuzzy. And they want to do that. Why? Because they want you to come to the terms that the world's got everything you need. And if you'll just snuggle up with the world, the world will take care of you. And Jesus said, listen, don't snuggle with the enemy. They'll eat you. I'm telling you, this world is not your home. It's not your home. You're passing through. And he's trying to tell the disciples, listen to me. What we just walked and where I'm leaving you is, is your ground. I'm leaving you here. But I'll never leave you. I'm leaving you, but I'm not leaving you. He said, greater is me that's in you than he is in this world. Listen, the reason they make all the drive-throughs and the pick up your groceries and all this stuff easy for you is so that you will love the world. Love it, man. So when anything, like anything that goes on in your life is tough, 
Because the world's all easy. So if, if, if it becomes tough, you say, well, gosh, man, the world's easy, but God's made my life tough. So I'm gonna go over here to easy world and hug it and go to bed with it and snuggle on it because God's hard. Listen, that's the lie they want you to buy. That's the lie. And you say, well, how do you know that? He told, he told his disciples that. He's told us from the beginning. He said, I'm leaving, but I'm not leaving. Mm. Listen to me. The world and the believer live on the dirt ball. They both got earth suits. We're both gonna walk through it. One better walk through different than the other. It's what it's supposed to happen. I want you to see what Jesus says to the disciples. John 16. I want you to go to verse 20. Go to verse 20. I tell you the truth. You will weep. You will mourn. While the world rejoices. You will grieve. But your grief will turn into joy. The woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. But when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that the child is born into the world. I've never been there. Amen. And I'm thankful that I've never been there. There's, women are tough. I'm just telling you they're tough, all right? I've never been there. I've been with, but I've never been the person, all right? I know the anguish, I know the pain, but I also know the joy that comes from that. Jesus said, listen to me. You're gonna go through anguish. You're gonna go through pain. You're gonna go through grief. But oh my goodness gracious, my joy. Joy comes in the morning. Joy comes in the morning. When we went to the hospital, we were in Arkansas at the time, Melissa's gonna give birth to Brett. It was a long 16, 16 and a half hours, it was long. And so towards the end of it, you know, they have the little, now it may be different now, I'm dating myself a little bit, but they have the little monitor and you can kind of tell when the pain's about to be like, like off the chart. And so it kind of warms up to it. So after a while, she said, Jeff, here's what you gotta do. You have the gift of exhortation. So you're an encourager. You need to encourage me, baby. So when you see that thing go up, you need to tell me I can do this. I can do this. You let me know it's coming. I said, I can do that. I can coach you up, girl. Let's go. I can do it. So, man, I'm doing that real good. Baby, here it comes. Here it comes. Baby, you can do it. You can do it. Tough it up. Here it comes. I'm like, golly gracious. And I'm like scared. I'm like, she's pulling my arms up. And I'm like, okay. Whoo, thank you, Jesus. So the thing was back down. And it comes again. So I'm doing this. Hours go by. All right? So here comes one. So I'm like, baby, here it comes. It's going to be bad. Here it comes. Here it comes, baby. Get ready. And the pain. And then I look over. I'm trying to encourage her. Baby, you can do it. You're great. You're awesome. You're wonderful. You're beautiful. I look over her, and she's like. <laughs> I'm like, what just happened here? She put her fingers in the ear. She looked at me, and I'm like, no words. No words. Just, you know. I'm going to go see what kind of coffee they got. So I went, to the, I went and got a cup of coffee. I'm serious. I sit at this little table all by myself. I don't know anybody there. There's hardly very few people there. There's a little old man way over there by the wall. So I'm sipping my coffee. He gets up. He's coming my way. And I'm like, 
So he brought it to me. He says, first one, I said, yes, sir. He said, she threw you out of the room, didn't she? <laughs> I said, yes, sir. He said, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. And I'm like, whoo, welcome to the rest of my life. What the heck just happened here? And that's what he said to me. He just walked off. I never saw this guy never, another time in my whole entire life. But listen, there was a lot of pain. But later when I went back to the room, they took her in, and all of a sudden, here comes this big old healthy baby boy, and he's screaming and praising Jesus, and we're like crying, and she's all sweaty and nasty, and I'm like, ooh, praise the Lord. I'm like, joy, all right? And then all that other stuff happens after that, you know what I mean. So, but a lot of joy, amen, a lot of joy. And that's what Jesus is saying, listen to me. There's gonna be seasons, man, there's gonna be grief and ugliness and pain and all this stuff, but joy, joy, joy comes in the morning. Joy is me. The world can't give joy. It's impossible for the world to give joy because joy does not come from the world. Happiness can come from the world because we have to do happenings. We do, ha we do happenings to make us happy. So we set up happenings to make us happy. So we set up vacations to make us happy. We set this up to make us happy. But listen to me, and all of that stuff, it's not enough. Because deep down inside of us, man, if we know Jesus Christ is our Savior, Jesus lives inside of us. And from us comes joy. And joy comes even in the pain, my friend. Joy, joy is what the world can't give, but Jesus can give. I want you to look at verse 22. It's beautiful. I don't know if you have this underlined or highlighted in your Bible, but I encourage you to. It's beautiful. Verse 22, the same text says this. So with you, now is your time of grief. But I will see you again, and you will rejoice, and watch this, and no one will take away your joy. Please hear what he's saying. He's saying to his disciples, the follower of Christ, no matter what happens on this dirt ball, no matter what you go through, no matter how you're tested, no matter your trial, no matter your hardship, no one can take away your joy. Can I say something to you? No one, if you know Jesus as your Savior and Lord, and you walk on this dirt ball, no trial, no hard time, no tough thing, none of it, man, nothing can take away your joy. Somebody needs to hear that today because you're going through some stuff, man, and you've lost your joy. No one can take away your joy. Your joy comes from inside. The world can't produce joy. Don't go looking for joy in the world. It can't happen. Jesus gives joy. His name is Joy. Look what else Jesus tells them. Jesus says, I came from the Father to the world. Now I'm leaving the world and I'm going to the Father. If the world hates you, <laughs> it hated me first. That's what he says to them. If you belong to the world, then the world would love you as its own. I chose you out of the world why the world hates you, that's why it hates you, because I chose you out. Don't take them out of the world, Jesus says. I will protect them in the world. They're not of this world. In this passage, in John 16, 20 through 33, Jesus, just in this passage, says the word 
world says the word world 19 times. Why? Because he is getting them ready to understand the fact that he no longer occupies space on this earth in this world. He's gone beside the Father on the right hand. He says, I'm leaving you in this world. And listen, they're not gonna like you. They're not gonna like you. As a matter of fact, they're gonna hate you. Okay? And it's a compliment because they hated me first. Some of you are thinking it should be easy in this world, but it was never meant to be easy for the church or the, the born again believers. Not, this is not our home, man. This is not our home. Listen to what else he says in John 16. The last verse, 33, says this. I have told you these things so that in me, watch this, you may have peace. How may I have peace? In me. I may have peace when I come to church, no. I have peace because I'm born in, I, I, I live in Texas, no. I have peace because I have a nice home, no. I have peace because I have a nice, you know, GMC Denali, no. I have peace because I love ribeyes, no. You, all that's good stuff, but that is not peace. Peace comes from Jesus. Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have peace. I'm gonna give you peace as you walk through this world. But trust me, in this world, and we're about to unpack what we get. I'm telling you, Jesus gives you peace. Jesus did not say, you got this. Jesus did not say, man, that's gonna be a piece of cake. Jesus didn't say, girl, you're gonna crush it. Jesus didn't say, don't worry, buddy, you're gonna own it. No problem, you got this. He never said that in scripture. So why do we grow up thinking we get born again and saved and all of a sudden the world's gonna be our best friend and everything's gonna go away? No way. No way. We think we're gonna get the best parking spot. No, we're not. We think we gotta run to the store to get one ingredient, but lo and behold, the store that's supposed to have everything ran out of that thing. That I were never gonna lose Wi-Fi connection. I mean, you wanna, you wanna find out where somebody is today? You turn off their internet and they can't get connected and they will blow a gasket. I have seen people, I'm telling you, that I thought they are so spirit-filled. They lose internet connection and I'm like, what in the heck, who, what, they, where did they go? They just become something I've never seen in my life. And I get that the internet is a lot of business today and you gotta do a lot through the internet, but I'm gonna tell you something. You wanna really test where you are? Let a power surge come and knock your internet out and I'm telling you, Suddenlink better watch out. You're about to tear them up, all right? He never said all your appliances will just run forever. They're never gonna go out, never. They, Jesus didn't tell you and didn't promise you that, man, your children are gonna obey you. Woo, they're gonna be the best kids in the world. They're gonna be, oh, they're gonna be model, poster child. No. And Jesus didn't say, man, you're gonna have a perfect marriage. Perfect. There's never been one until y'all get married and then we're gonna see a perfect marriage. None of that, man. He said, in this world, you will have trouble. That's what Jesus told them. Church, in this world, we will 
have trouble. We, uh, we built that house behind the church over here, that barn house, in 16. We moved in July of 16. In August of 16, the next month, Melissa got the diagnosis for the cancer, came back for the second time, and that tumor was very large, and you know the word we got, it wasn't good. And so, a lot of chemo led up to that, and so we have chemo every Tuesday, that was our chemo date, and we would go to Harrington, take our chemo, and la, 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 and then December 5th of that year, I think it was the 5th, she had a big surgery, about six hours, and uh, to get the tumor out and all that stuff, so that night, I spent the night with her in the hospital at BSA. Uh, her dad and sister and Natalie stayed over at the barn house. Our house is six months old, all right? So the next morning, my phone rings, and it's her dad. And I'm like, hello? And he said, Jeff, we got a problem. I was like, we're in the hospital. We got cancer, and we just had surgery. And you're telling me we got problems. I know we have problems. I, that's not what I said, but that's what I'm thinking. We got problems. He said, I went into the kitchen. I got up this morning. I went into the kitchen. I walked in the water. You walked in the water. He said, man, there's water all over the kitchen, dining room, in the living room. It's in the pantry, and your garage is just like got waves in it. I'm like, what in the world? He said, I don't know what it is. So I get on the phone. I call Pax, and he and Mark come over, raise their garage door, and it's like flood comes out. And they squeegee and broom it all out, and, and, and they clean the house. I make some phone calls to Cody Hodge and the Mark Randall at K-Ran, and Cody comes over, checks electrical. Mark comes over and checks the pressure tank, and something in the pressure tank went wild or whatever, and, 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 and water flooded the house and all this other stuff. And so I'm, I, I make all these phone calls. I'm sitting in the hospital. My wife's sitting right there, and, and I'm like, God, seriously? Cancer is not enough? You say, Jeff, you're a pastor. You're not supposed to talk that way. I'm sorry, my pastor hat fell off. <laughs> and I'm real. Seriously, we just grind through months of chemo. My, my wife has a death sentence. Doctor says she's not gonna make it. I'm gonna try to give her two years. We get a miracle that we can do the surgery because God did that. He, he, didn't, he, uh, he, he, he disattached it from the bone so we could have surgery. We have a surgery, and the next, that night, all this happens, and I'm like, God, where are you? What's going on? Why, what, what? But in the midst of that, as Paxton said, you know what the passcode is to the presence in the kingdom of God? Thankfulness. So I sit back take a little walk. I'll come out of her room. I'll walk to the end. It's all glass. It overlooks Meta Park. It's beautiful. It's a little waiting room up there, third floor. And uh, standing by the glass, and it's in December. Geese are landing all over the lake, and they're just worshiping and praising. And God said, why don't you say thank you? And I said, I don't want to say thank you. He said, you need to say thank you. So I said, thank you. He said, this time say it without an attitude. <laughs> Been there, I've done that. I said, thank you. And then to my mind, here's what I saw. Thank you for my worship pastor who brooms water out of my garage. Thank you for Mark Boyette, my children's pastor who brooms water out of my garage. 
Thank you for Cody Hodge of Cornerstone Electric who goes over in the middle of a busy day to check my electrical and my pressure tank. Thank you for Mark Randall who owns a company drilling wells all over the place and he took time out of his schedule to personally drive his truck to my house and check my well. God, I'm thankful that I've got friends and people like that in my life that have give up themselves to come and take care of stuff in my life. Can I tell you something? Some of you are going through some stuff and you're getting pushed a little bit and things aren't going your way and it's not working out and not going to the speed that you want it to go to and you're having to go through a little more effort in here or a little more effort here, a little more effort here. It takes a little bit longer than you want to and your pre-made up plan is starting to be rearranged a little bit by God. Can I tell you something right now? Some of you are getting that rearranged. We know why? Because God wants you to say thank you because he wants you to stop pre-programming your life and understand that he's more than your schedule and your life. Jesus told us that pain is the promise. He also said that struggle is certain. He also said that suffering in this world is inevitable. Some of you are right in the middle of a difficult season. You feel alone, you feel left out, you feel overlooked, you feel rejected. You lost your confidence, you're battling depression, you're anxious about a lot of stuff, it's bad news on top of bad news on top of bad news, you have financial struggles, you have health challenges that came out of that, and your relationships are going to shambles. The pressure feels unbearable, more than humanly possible, you're afraid, you're scared, you're hurting, you're overwhelmed, and no one understands. And you say, where is God? Where is he? i tell you where he is. He's right in the middle of every bit of it. He said, I, when you pass through this world, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I do not change. I am unstoppable. I will never, ever leave your side. And I need you while you walk through all this pain to understand that I've allowed it to come in your life to sharpen you to make you more like me. I'm the refiner of fire and I'm refining you. And I've got a plan bigger than what you see in front of you. I'm doing a work, I'm doing a mighty work. And you gotta trust me. And I trust you with this or I wouldn't have brought it to you. And now you gotta walk through it, lion, and you gotta praise me. Because when you can't see it, you gotta praise me. You gotta understand that even though I'm not making a way right now, I am making a way. You gotta understand that he never stops working. If we don't start learning how to praise him, he's gonna keep himself just stopped right there. He's gonna hold us, he's gonna hold everything until we understand the lesson he's trying to teach us and that is when you walk through it and you can't see it and understand it, I'm still there, I'm with you, I got you, you're my child and I'm your daddy and I'm not leaving you. And you fix your eyes on me, the ultimate perfecter of your faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorned its shame, and he sits down at the right hand of the Father, my friend, he never quits on you, never. Some of us have stopped praising because our time that we're going through is too difficult. Some of you are laid out a plan and God's not on it. He's too slow, he's doing it a different way, you don't like it. You need to stop and you need to praise him and you're gonna see breakthrough if you do it. Troubles, trials, hardships. God promised they'd be there. 
Number one, he promised, he said, that they are to prove your faith. I didn't get to this scripture in the first service, but I gotta get there this time. I want you to go to 1 Peter chapter one. 1 Peter chapter one, I want you to look at verse three. Stay with me. 1 Peter chapter one, look at verse three. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into the living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into our inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you, who through faith your shield of God's power until the coming of the salvation that is already being revealed in the last time. Look at verse six. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Watch this, verse seven. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even through refined by fire, may be proven genuine and may, be, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. There is a genuine faith. If there is a genuine faith, as Scripture calls it, there must be a counterfeit faith. Jesus said, I'm about to reveal what you got. See, there's a genuine faith in the name of Jesus. He's, he speaks a better name. He's our faith. He's, he, our faith comes from him, all right? But he wants to know something. He wants to know, is it your faith? Is it genuine? Or is it your spouse's faith? Is it your parents' faith? Is, is it their God or your God? And he's gonna send a test, a trial, every bit of it, all right, to, to absolutely refine that and find out, is it a genuine faith, counterfeit kind of faith, what we call fake faith? If there is a genuine faith, understand something, church, there has to be a counterfeit. What do you got? What's being revealed about you? I want you to listen to this. A faith that has been tested is a faith that can be trusted. Boy, somebody needs to get that. A faith mm, that has been tested, amen, is a faith that can be trusted. You don't want a faith that you build your life on that hadn't been tested. Jesus said, listen to me, I am worth being, I am the faith that you build your life on. My name is Jesus. My name is the rock. I'll give you faith. I'll grow your faith. I'll test your faith to make it genuine because I want you to understand you can always trust me. So whatever you're walking through, whatever you're doing right now, wherever you find yourself, I want you to know something. God's worthy of your trust. He's faithful, man. Trust him. He's faithful. He's not a counterfeit faith. He's a genuine faith. A faith that's been tested is a faith that can be trusted. Number two, it prepares you for purpose. 
When you go through troubles, when you go through trials, when you go through hardships, it prepares you for purpose, to grow you, to make you stronger, and to make you prepared. Here's a newsflash for you. Easy and comfort never make you stronger. Easy and comfort never make you stronger. Can I introduce you to the world today? Bunch of pansies. Everything's easy. Drive up, order. Drive up, pay. Drive up, get. Drive up, get your groceries. Never talk to humans. Avoid people. I mean, it's easy. You don't even have to wash your car, get out. Now you can pull up discount time, get all your tires aired up, never get out of the air. Never get out. Uh, 35 pounds, please, all four. Thank you. Turn your music back on, sippy coffee. Easy. Now every time something difficult happens in America, we like a bunch of pansies, we're all too soft. We don't even know hard times. Listen to me. Jesus said this. Easy and comfort will not make you stronger. It will not. Your faith will always be weak until it's tested. As you go through trials and hard times, you learn to depend on him and trust him. It makes your faith stronger, my friend. It makes your faith stronger. Go to James real fast. James chapter one. Pretty familiar text. I want you to see it. James chapter one, look at verse two. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. That's real difficult to do, by the way. Because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. How many of you have ever had stuff going in your life and you're like, God, I'm telling you, I'm not lacking anything. I don't know why I have to keep going through stuff. Y'all been there? Like, I'm like, God, seriously? I'm, woo, not again. He said, Jeff, trust me. Trust me. What? God, I'm, 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 I don't, I, man, I'm not lacking. Yeah, you're lacking more than you think. I'm about to test you. As we walk through it, have his perspective. God, trust me with this. He said, man, I didn't do anything to get this. I don't even know why it's in my lap. I don't even want to deal with it. God, trust you. He trusts you. He trusts you to magnify him. He trusts you to make much of him. Listen to me. The world and the believer both are gonna walk through it. There better be a marked difference between the two. We're all gonna go through it because we all occupy space on the earth. They're gonna go through trials and hard times. We're gonna go through trials and hard times. Jesus said, listen to me. Here's the difference. They go alone, I go with you. They go alone, I go with you. There better be a difference. If there's not a difference, how in the world will the people over here realize that something different about you? When they see you walk through it, they go, man, you walk through that different than I walk through that. Why? His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Could it be that God's preparation comes packaged as pain? Tell yourself, it's not just pain, it's preparation. You were not turned down, you were toughened up. You're not wrecked with pain. The promise to you is there's a purpose in your pain. When there's offense against you, when someone offends you, it helps you love them. 
It helps you to turn the other cheek. When there's loneliness and you're going through a season of loneliness, it helps you depend on God more. Helps you lean on God more. When you've been betrayed, betrayed by a friend, it helps you forgive people and love people. When you face a setback, it's not a setback, it's a setup for God to come through and show off. In that text, John 16, he ends this way. In this, in this world, you're gonna have trouble. You are. But take heart. I, I, Jesus says, have overcome the world. First John 4, 4 says this. He who is in you is greater than he that is in the world. As a born-again child of the king, raised to walk a new life just like Jesus did, the Father raised him from the dead to display him out there in front of a world. You and I, as we are born again and come out of that water, we are set apart, we are set free, we are redeemed to walk a new life. We're gonna go through the same stuff, but there's a marked difference in me and you you and me in the world than the world by, without Jesus. They don't have Jesus living inside of them. They don't have the power of the resurrection inside of them. So they don't, they don't understand trials and stuff, but you and I do. And he says, greater is you that's in this world, greater is you in me than he, than he is in the world. So listen to me. As you walk through this world, you're gonna go through stuff. The world's watching you. The commercial is, will you praise him? Will you sing to him? Will you worship to him? Because listen to me, every one of us has a lion inside of us. It's time for that lion to roar, amen? It's time for us to get up off the mat and say, you know what? I keep hitting the walls, but I'm gonna keep on persevering because my Jesus is teaching me something and molding me and making me more like him. You gotta get up and believe him. See, too many times tough things happen in our life, setbacks happen in our life, and we get mad, we get more frustrated, we, we, we get more raised up. And we start trying to own it and take control and set our own schedule and make God match our thing. Listen to me. You got to trust God. If you hit a hard bump, if you hit a rough patch, understand something. You say, God, I don't get this, but what do you want to teach me? What do I need to know about me? What do you want to show me about myself? What do you want to show me about you? Got my eyes on you. Listen to me, church. We're going through it too. They're going through it. The church better look different. Has to look different. Has to look different. Greater is he that's in us than he is in the world. I'm gonna ask you to stay in church. Hear the promise of God. He told the disciples 19 times in that passage, this world, not your home. In this world, you're gonna have stuff. In this world, it's not gonna be fun. In this world, in this world, in this world, in this world. Listen to me. Until he calls you home, he put you here to be a light and salt. He put you here to magnify himself. You're his walking commercial of how good our God is. We're all gonna go through it. The question is, do you have him in you when you go through it? And if he's in you, Praise him. He said, well, God, I don't see anything, Jeff. You praise him. He'll never stop working. Never stop working. 
Nobody can take away your joy, amen. Your joy lives with you, walks with you through the whole thing. Let me pray for you. Father, you're good. You never promised we wouldn't have a bad day, but you did promise that you would always be with us. And God, I pray that you would wake up the lion in each one of us. God, that out of that season that's tough, out of that hard time, out of that mess, out of that stuff that we didn't even do, but we got it, that we will start singing and praising, declaring who you are. Because even when we don't see that you are working, you are working because you're faithful. So God, hear your church now worship. Wherever we find ourselves, God, wherever we find ourselves, our song's about to rise. And so God, I pray you wake up the lion in the church. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Let's worship, church. If you need to come, you come. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram, by using the church at Bushland, and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland.